Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. Dear Hank and John. Or as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, uh, Catherine recently blocked me on Facebook because I had posted too many bird puns. Well, two can play at that game. (sighs) I mean, the funny thing about it, Hank, is just for uh, just to pull back the curtain a little bit for Uh our our listeners. Yeah. We spent the last 12 minutes with you... (laughs) kind of like half engaged in a conversation, which is a lot of our conversations. And it turned out the reason you were half engaged is because you were looking for a really good joke. That's what you said eventually. Those are your exact words. I'm looking for a really good joke. And then you say, then you said, I've got it. Well, I I said, I gave up. I didn't, I didn't succeed. I gave up. (laughs) But the frustrating thing from my perspective is that I offered you several jokes, which were very good, including the famous Terry Pratchett joke, the darkest funny joke I know, give a man a fire and he's warm for a day, but set him on fire and he's warm for the rest of his life. (laughs) That was a variation on the old fish joke. (laughs) That's a good one. You could have used that one, but instead you, you, you concocted some story where Catherine blocked you on Facebook, which by the way, I, w- I wouldn't blame her. Like, I-, I follow you on Facebook because you're my brother. And uh-huh. like, all it is is your old TikToks. It's my old TikToks and some of my old tweets. <laughs> it's like, it's like, hey, hey, did you enjoy this the first time? Kinda. Here it is again. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I hope no one thinks I run my Facebook because it's just out there pretending to be me mostly. I- I think it's great that you've been building up your audience on Facebook, Hank, like, because for like 10 years, like social media pros have been telling us like, oh, you really should be building out your Facebooks. And and you yeah, and I are I've both like, I, I genuinely can't be bothered. That sounds like yeah. the absolute pit of hell. I can't visit right that place ever again. But then like, I'm I'm looking here at a, at a, at a recent uh, video that you posted. It's a TikTok that you reposted to Facebook. Uh-huh. And it, I mean, you are building a fan base. Am I? Yeah. I haven't looked. Yeah. I've got, I have, I definitely have more followers on Instagram than I once did. 
it's it is always very weird to me to go to my Facebook where I I did post something 17 hours ago, and there have been a number of engagements with it that I feel uh, I am not uh, doing the work. You know, I'm not doing the work of connecting with these people who are. I guess they're connecting with each other. That's good. Yeah, it's all yeah. Believe me, Hank, it's not about you. <laughs> it never is. The thing I tweeted was, can you believe John and I used to make videos about like international relations? WTF, were we thinking? I mean, those videos were by far the most popular videos we ever made. Like if we were economically yeah. rational creatures, we would have done more that's, and more and more the of them. the thing that we would have done for a living. Yeah. Yeah. There was just one problem with it, which was that it was miserable. Like I don't. It was very hard. Not just that. And but terrifying. Like, yeah. And the comment section of Vlogbrothers videos it, it's, is really one of the last great places online. Like, <laughs> it's beautiful, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, like yeah. A, it's like an astonishing oasis. And if we had continued to make, like, largely international relations content, like, I think mm-hmm. that the oh, comment section gosh. would have gotten worse and worse and worse. Yeah. I mean, like the real reason WTF were rethinking is is like, I actually don't mind so much the idea that that like we were trying to intelligently communicate a balanced perspective from a trusted source. Like because people don't have an infinite number of people who they trust. And so it's nice to maybe hear some some perspectives you might not expect from from those people. Um, Not like a surprising perspective, but just like them talk about something that you might not expect them to talk about give you a little bit of depth and nuance on, on a topic that you probably aren't thinking that much about. I don't think that, like, I think the problem is why would we want to have that job? Yeah. It's so bad. It's just so hard. And you really do get, I mean, you get threats. Yeah. Like genuinely. Oh yeah. We, yeah. I mean, we, I'm pretty sure that because of one of our videos, a a government came after us a yeah. little bit. Yeah, no, that's not an exaggeration. And one of the things I learned from that experience where a government came after us and attempted to uh, access and maybe did access a lot of our private information is that, um, and this is something I'd always sort of suspected about myself, but I didn't know for sure. <laughs> I am not courageous. Right? Yeah, no. I'm not. Guess. I'm not. And that's it. And that's an important thing to know about yourself, Hank. It's important to know <laughs> deep down when push comes to shove, like how courageous are you? And the answer for me is not, not very. Nope. That's fine. And that's fine. We're doing a different thing. I'm happy. I like it. I think we're doing a good thing that is different. Let's answer some questions for our listeners before certain autocrats start trying to hack our email again. This first question comes from Abby, who writes, Dear John and Hank, I've been interviewing for jobs recently, and I'm often asked questions that make my brain go blank. I think I sometimes just feel like the answer to the question is broadly understood, and I don't know how to articulate that in a way that feels like value is being added. Is there a solution to this? Articulate but awkward Abby. Gosh. I have this problem. Well, I have this problem. Anytime anyone asks me to think of something specific. Yes. Like this, this has to be a universal human experience where it's like, can you tell me about a time in your past? No, mm-hmm. I cannot tell you about a, yeah. a time. Like I can, if we're having a conversation, I'll be like, oh yeah, remember that time that thing happened to me and it was made. I have this friend who did paddled out into the bay on a mattress and I'll, I'll have a thousand stories, but I cannot tell you one of them 
if you ask for one. Not only that, but like if if I'm in a public event or something and somebody asks, what are you reading? Like, what book are you reading? Yeah. My immediate reaction is always, well, I knew three seconds ago. <laughs> and now I'm broken. You broke this boy. In fact, like one of the ways that I've developed to deal with this, Abby, is before I go on stage or yeah. before I, I know I'm doing some kind of interview or q and I decide what I'm reading. And it may be what I'm reading. Hopefully, like, that's the perfect situation. But like, it just has to be a book. It just yeah. has to be a book where I'm at least faintly familiar with the plot. Yeah, I mean, and I will because because I know if somebody asks me what I'm actually reading, I'll be like, God, what was I reading last night? Like, yeah. oh, I remember I had chili for dinner, and then yeah. uh, I helped the kids go to sleep. And what, where, and what? Who are you? Yeah, the uh... I, yeah. Oh, you, you got so, so stressful job interviews. You got to have a question you want to ask them. And that question should be based yeah. on like how like they should know from the question you ask uh, how you imagine um, the how the ways you are going to help them get work done, I guess. And uh, but like so you, ha- you should have that in your back pocket. You should have a time when you faced adversity in your back pocket. Uh, that's the thing that is all that that always comes up. Uh, how did you like handle yeah. a conflict between yourself and someone else or two people uh, yeah. in a work environment of some kind? But man, I often am asked in interviews, is there anything that you would like me to ask or is there any question you like people to ask? I'm like, no, just no, just don't ask. Never. That you can you can ask, no. is there anything that we didn't get to that you thought we yes. would? Because then it's like, then it's like putting the the onus on on like my past self. Like, did my past self have a, have a thought that now right. that did not get fulfilled? But my current self, no thoughts, empty, head empty, doing interview, only responding, not being creative. Yeah, I mean, I my feeling when I'm in an interview is always that like. I'm not really there. Like, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not I just can't be fully present because it's. It's it, it's a heightened state. Yeah, too, right? too like, many things. That's one of the things that makes it so uh, difficult to really evaluate somebody based on their interview, right? Because like, I, I don't think I'm an amazing employee. I'll be honest. Like, I'm like a B minus, but I'm 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 definitely a better employee than I am an interviewer. <laughs> you know, like if you ask me a question in a job interview. I'm going to stare at you blankly 30 or 40% of the time. Whereas if we're working together, I'm going to stare at you blankly 20% of the time at the most. (laughs) And anyway, Abby, I think both for Hank and me, the solution is the same, which is to try to be as prepared as possible to like have a set of answers in your mind already. And I know sometimes that makes me sound sort of rote or like I'm not come like I'm not coming up with it in the spur of the moment but whatever I'm not because I, this isn't my milieu like I'm not good at this excellent advice uh, maybe john this next question comes from rowan who asks this question 2 years ago I joined the discord for a high school I do not attend in a state I have not visited in over a decade wow I am now the owner of this server and they think I'm a senior what should I do oh god not a roman rowan Rowan, why did you do that? Well, okay, Hank, we cannot go back in time and judge Rowan for making this terrible <laughs> mistake. The situation is the situation, okay? When we're when we're fifteen, we do stupid uh-huh. things, right? We like, just when we, so everybody when they're fifteen does occasionally join 
an out-of-state school's Discord server. No, but everybody does a version of it, right? And like, honestly, that's not the worst version, you know? Definitely, definitely. That said, Rowan, I'll be honest, this isn't great. And I I think you know it's not great. And I think you know that there is no easy way out of the situation. There is a way, though. What is the way, Hank? You you got to move to a different state. <laughs> you have to enroll in the school. You have no choice, Rowan. You're graduating <laughs> from that high school. You got to go to your parents <laughs> or guardians and you got to say, listen, yeah. this is going to sound weird, but we do need to move to Pennsylvania. And I don't mean like <laughs> eventually. I mean now. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> I mean, is it are, are the names anonymized? If the names are anonymous, so if I assume that you're using some name that's not searchable. Like, I don't know how this works. Yeah. So so like, is it uh, how big is this school that they don't they haven't noticed? But you could you could go recruit a person to become you, like the Dread Pirate Roberts. You have to capture them. No, you have no. to you have to hold them captive. And every morning they, they 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 say every day you say, you know, like most likely I will kill you in the morning. But then you develop a rapport, and then you hand over the title of Dread Pirate Roberts. No, that is obviously not the solution. I honestly I see two ways forward. One way is. You graduate, Rowan, and you say, wasn't graduation fun? <laughs> hey, now that I've graduated, I'm pretty sure it's time for me to Somebody hand over the keys this. to this here Discord. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I'm moving on. I'm going to college. This is going to sound weird, but I'm going to college in California because uh, I'm from here. And uh, I wish everybody the best. Go. Uh, Whatever it is. Red Deacons. And then. <gasps> wow. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. What's a red deacon? I don't even What's know. a deacon? That's like a that's like a priest, right? Yeah, th- yeah. Or maybe a cardinal? I don't know where it came from. Hank, it came from deep within the recesses of my mind. Go red deacons. <laughs> that's the mascot of the of the dear Hank and John high school. <laughs> <laughs> and the other the other option, which frankly, Rowan, is the correct option, but also the one I wouldn't uh-huh. do, is to say to the Discord. Uh, listen, I have I have perpetrated a fraud. It is the, the <laughs> dumbest fraud imaginable, and I am super embarrassed. But I was uh-huh. fifteen, yeah, and now I am seventeen. Actually, Rowan doesn't uh-huh. say that they are no. a senior. They say they think I'm a senior. So yeah, Rowan Rowan could be any age. <laughs> Rowan could be nine. <laughs> Yeah. Like, uh, by the way, this story is a lot less cool, Rowan, if you're like 34. If you're 34, you need to get (laughs) off, get out of that Discord server right now. If you're nine, this is hilarious. That's just- It's actually pretty cool. That's the way the world Yeah, that's actually- Look, I just wanted to know what it was like to be a high school student. We're going to imagine that you're nine. We're going to imagine that you're nine, that you were seven when you you took over this Discord. (laughs) You're nine years old now. And I think today's the day, Mm -hmm. Rowan. Look, look, I have kids about your age- lying and and make-believe is just part of life, I think you walk in, metaphorically, to the Discord and you say, listen, y'all, I am not a (laughs) 17-year-old senior at at Pittsburgh Red Deacon High School. I am am a (laughs) nine-year-old. 
And I I was just having some fun. I got kind of bored with playing with crayons. Yeah. And so I decided very to take emotionally over this Discord channel. And I, I feel like I have to I feel like I have to reveal myself and just I, I feel mm-hmm. like I have to part ways with y'all. I have perpetrated a fraud, but you are the ones who should be ashamed. <laughs> I would I would come clean. I would come clean. Is what I would do. Yeah. I think that's the right well, thing. Well that to would do. be well, I mean, regardless, the owner of a Discord can transfer that ownership to someone else. And so you have to figure out how to do that correctly. And I do, I would encourage you to not have kidnapping be a part of it. Great job, Hank. Really, way to, way to cover your bases. <laughs> um, the, the idea, <laughs> I, I, I'm finding it hard to let go of the idea of a nine-year-old being the owner of a high school Discord and just being like stuck inside yeah. of a terrible lie that they can't seem to find their way out of. Yeah, they'll be okay. Oh. You got another question for me, John? Not really. I was just kind of staring into space, remembering uh, one of my mortifications. What's going on? Are we making a oh. podcast? Well, I was thinking about making a podcast. You know, honestly, if I could have a sandwich, that would be great. But I can't. I, I think it's I have to make a podcast. I think it says a lot about both of us that during the little moments when we stare off into space, you're thinking about having mm-hmm. a sandwich, and I'm thinking about something embarrassing I did when I was 16. Oh yeah, no, I was I was just thinking. I was thinking about a particular sandwich too. <laughs> I was thinking about a particular thing I did that was embarrassing when I was 16 <laughs> that made me kind of be able to relate yeah. to Rowan a little bit. Yeah. All right, Hank. This okay. next question comes from Molly, who writes, Dear John and Hank, are we still evolving? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but what's the next part? Are we? I'm pretty sure that evolution doesn't really stop, but if that's the case, then do we know what we'll evolve into or what aspects of us will change, or is that to be determined? I'm hoping that for future generations that this is not our final state as human beings. <laughs> well, <laughs> me too, Molly. Uh, well, I mean, I do have to... I gotta be a team human over here. We're pro- we're, pro- we're doing some pretty amazing stuff. The whole the uh, music culture, yeah. Uh, uh, there's there's a lot there's a lot to be said for for humans, and I we've also made some bad music though. You know, <laughs> I, nobody ever talks about that when they're like, "Oh, humanity is amazing." Yeah. John Coltrane, yes, okay, but also, you know. I don't know. Hit, I'm not going to name names. Yeah, well, it's it's unclear. Um, it is unclear how we are evolving. Evolution takes place fairly slowly. We have long generations as people. Um, there is some indication that maybe we are evolving to have slightly wider hips because that increases nice. uh, the outcomes of uh, positive outcomes in childbirth. Um, and but yeah, it's very it's very difficult to say. And one of the things that uh, is clear is that when you ask whether we are evolving, you're asking genetically. Uh, But in fact, the primary way that we evolve is culturally and technologically, and we are evolving rapidly culturally, rapidly technologically. Like We are able to do all kinds of things now that we could not do 100 years ago. That, and we are, you know, in the same way that like a mouse is made up of the earth, you know? Um, yeah. like all of its parts are earth parts. We are also all made up of, of earth parts. We are also both physical and living, but we, but in addition to being physical and living, we are very cultural and we are very technological. So that's in general, when people ask this question, I'm, I'm sometimes worried that the, the thought is 
uh, how do we evolve into a better thing or will we evolve into a worse thing? But in fact, because cultural evolution happens so much more rapidly, that is the primary way in which we are evolving. And that those are the ways that we should be paying the most attention to and be the most inspired by and also worried about. Yeah, I think you nailed it there. The ways that we are changing are really important and they are in response to, in some cases anyway, in response to selection pressures, even if they aren't all biological. Yeah. It can be really hard to stop and consider how radically life uh, for humans is changing. Mm -hmm. But I found out this today that helped give me a little bit of perspective. Hank, you and I have been making YouTube videos since before there was an iPhone. Yeah, I knew that stat, but I, every time I hear it again, because it's usually several years between the, the hearings, uh, it does continue to affect me. <laughs> it's weird. It is effective. It's weird. It's I couldn't stat. spend four hours looking into my phone when we started making YouTube videos because I had no phone into which to look. Yeah. Twitter did not exist. I think it did exist, but only like 12 people used it. Yeah, my God. This next question comes from Jay, who writes, Dear John and Hank, I graduated high school in 2020, so the end of my senior year was cut short because of the you know, which means that we didn't have a prom. Since then, I've moved away from home and started college. Recently, my high school, which, by the way, is named the Pittsburgh Red Deacons, decided <laughs> to give a kind of redo prom, a reunion gala. The mm -hmm. theme... Deacon Red. Due to the, you know, I didn't keep in touch with any of my friends from high school very well. Well, the, you can't blame the pandemic for that, Jay. I'm sorry. It's not like there are no tools with which to communicate Yeah. during the, you know, anyway. Yeah. Jay's point is I didn't keep in very good touch with my friends from high school. So much time has gone by, but not enough to eagerly want to see the people I went to high school with. The only reason I was ever going to go to prom in the first place is that you only get one or whatever, which I guess is still true. Should I go like Gatsby, Jay? Yeah, you should go. Yeah, you should go. You should go, not least because you haven't done a good job of keeping in touch with your yeah. friends. And this is an opportunity to reconnect and like maybe make a weird memory. And like the yeah. worst thing that can happen is that you have a terrible time and you leave early and you're like, wow, it's just like I thought prom would be. It was. Yeah, yeah. This is so like there's this there's this, you know, not unlikely circumstance in which you will have uh, a memory of an of an evening that was like, Ugh. Uh, but. If you don't go, you will have no memory of that evening. It will just be another one where nothing happened. Yeah, and it could be great, right? Like, right. If if you have a ten percent chance of having an amazing once in a lifetime experience, you no. should take it. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And the cost is pretty low, and you can see some people, and maybe yeah. reconnect, and like maybe do a better job of staying in touch with some people if if there's anyone you want to stay in touch with moving forward. So yeah. for me, it's a definite yes, Hank. Yeah. Did you like your prom? Um, I so I went to six formal dances in high school. Uh, no bragging. I have a hard time remembering which one was which. Right, um, I know. I, I understand but, that. But I definitely liked uh, a majority of the formal dances I attended. 
There was one that was punctuated by an illness of a friend that uh, made it a not enjoyable time, and one that was yeah. uh, in the pr- like in the midst of a breakup that uh, we were trying to not have. That was not a good one either. Yeah, that doesn't sound super fun. Yeah, I had. There was no prom at my high school, but I did go to the prom at your high school. Not while you were there. That would have been weird. But, um, you know, like it was the high school yeah. that I went to before I left for boarding yep. school. And yep. uh, somebody asked me and I was like, yeah, I'd love to go to prom with you. And we had an awesome, awesome time. Like, even though I didn't really know anyone and I'm not the sort of person to like enjoy putting on a tuxedo and walking into a room where I don't know anyone. I yeah. had a really good time and I did see some people that I that I had missed and 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 got to reconnect with and I had an awesome time with my date. I is it I wouldn't say quite a 10 out of 10 experience for me but definitely a 9 out of 10 experience for me. That reminds me of something important Hank that I've been thinking about. I wanted to ask you about. Okay. Do you have any things in your life like you think of yourself as being a certain kind of person, right? And like okay. think of yourself as like having these personality traits mm-hmm. or or whatever, which to, to one degree or another feel more immutable to you than they probably are. Yep. And are there things in your life that you look back on and you're like, huh, the story that I've been telling myself about who I was or am cannot possibly be true <laughs> with this memory also being true? Yeah. Yes. You're familiar with this experience? I'm familiar with that experience. Um, I, I, feel as if i have adjusted my uh i've adjusted my 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 view of myself in retrospect to allow for it though no i i still have a few things where like they'll come up from the past and i'll be like huh that does not make sense <laughs> i got it no yeah i definitely have some from you where i'm like that you did that yeah you did that the one that came up this weekend was like sarah mentioned in passing like oh you know in high school john chewed tobacco and I was this like, true. I did. He did. It was I real did. gross. Everybody hated it. What? And not only that, like I I I I thought it was cool. And in in I like, chewed tobacco. <laughs> and that and that just doesn't line up with my memory of myself at all. Like smoking yep. cigarettes absolutely mm-hmm. lines up with my memory of myself. Oh, By the yes. way, don't uh-huh. chew tobacco or smoke cigarettes. Not cool. Mm-hmm. Neither are cool. Bad strategy. And also like it's just giving money to like uh-huh. the, the worst people. So don't do it. But anyway. Did? I did chew tobacco mm-hmm. when I was in high school. And then Sarah was like, and I, and so, and so, and so then, and so then I was like, okay, I can, you know, I was in high school. Life was weird. I was, I contained multitudes, you know, whatever. And then Sarah was like, we were on a hike and she was like, also John chewed tobacco in his twenties. And I was like, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> now I have to reassess myself again. Yeah. It was very weird. Like it. And then for a while, you chewed Nicorette like it was tobacco? I mean, not for a while, for like six years. Yeah. Um, all, which of, was... all of Looking for Alaska was written with <laughs> Nicorette inside of my cheek. <laughs> yeah, because you wouldn't just chew it like you just held it in your mouth for a long time. Yeah. Well, that's how, that's I mean, that I is how you that. chew Nicorette. That's how you it's, use it's, it. It's called, it, it's it called Chew and Park. That is the uh, that is the instructions that I still remember from however many years ago. I'm so glad I never did nicotine. Um, I, yeah, that and the fact that the fact that anyone could, I guess you did go to school in the South, but like the the fact that anyone could think that is cool in the face of such overwhelming evidence to the contrary. 
Yeah. Like what human is like, wow, that's attractive. I did think it was cool though. I know you did. Oh God. I, yeah. Cause I, I, I don't know. I always look back at that kid and I think of him as being, I don't know, like earnest and sweet. And then right. I, have, I have all this evidence that in fact he was a snarky little crap burger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I dwell on my mortifications enough that, um, that I have internalized them into myself and, and, and realized like I am a, uh, definitely at least part snotty little crap burger. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Just to be clear, chewing tobacco is not among my mortifications. I, I, I reserve my <laughs> mortifications for things that are a truly, truly cringe, like like the thing about yourself that we're, we've never been able to say on the podcast, for instance. And like that, I don't, I, like, I have no, that seems 100% like me. You agree with that, right? Oh, yeah. That's that seems absolutely something like I do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It just, as, just as faking an English accent for a year is 100% something you do. <laughs> Like that, that's that's like so in character that like it could be cringe, but still in character. And that doesn't cause the same like friction for me as when mm-hmm. I look back at myself and I'm like, but that doesn't make any sense in the context of the story I tell myself about myself. Yeah. Which reminds me, actually, that today's podcast is brought to you by the story that John tells himself about himself. It's a oh. lie. Like almost every story. <laughs> This podcast is also brought to you by the Pittsburgh Red Deacons. Was it Philadelphia? <laughs> no, it's I can't Pittsburgh. remember. <laughs> the best part about it is the idea that Pittsburgh only has one high school. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And they have the one mascot for the one high school. The uh, the other great thing about the Red Deacons is it's really not a good mascot. We could have chosen anything. Could have chosen And now tigers. we're stuck with this. We could have chosen like the great the blue tiger. No. I don't I yeah. like that you chose something weird, but you could have chose something good weird. I know. Like manhole covers. Yeah, the manhole covers. It's too late now. We're the Red Deacons. Oh, nothing late. we can We're do the... about it. Dang it. Ugh. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Yeah, you're right. I, I totally could have come up with something better. Like, I mean, literally anything would have been better, right? Like, I'm, I'm surrounded in this room by things that would have been better. The Pittsburgh yeah. lamps, the Pittsburgh microphone stands, the Pit- Pittsburgh uh, Windows laptops that are falling apart, the... <laughs> Yeah, the Pittsburgh Diet uh-huh. Mountain Dews. <laughs> oh my God, that's perfect. We have brand no, opportunities. No, I only no. found I only found the Red Deacons. Today's <laughs> podcast is also, of course, brought to you by the Pittsburgh Red Deacons Discord server. The Pittsburgh Red Deacons <laughs> Discord server, owned by a nine-year-old. Uh, and also, this podcast is brought to you by the Second Act of American Lives. The Second Act of American Lives. We're always coming back, trying it again. Give us one more shot, everybody. Bob Ross is back. He did it. What about you? I feel like Bob Ross is on his seventh act. Oh, man. He just keeps coming back. Yeah. We also have a Project for Awesome message from Megan, who writes to 15-year-old Megan, choose the college with the best autumn leaves. The people will change your life, and you'll literally have a band of brothers. You won't regret it. You're exactly where you're supposed to be, even if you end up in Cleveland. Sorry. All your hard work, (laughs) passion, and dedication will be worth it. Just keep singing. Love, 23-year-old Megan. P.S. To any cute boys listening, she's single. (laughs) Megan's energy. I want Megan's energy. Somebody get that. I do, too. I loved everything about that Project Frosted message. That's lovely, Megan. That's, that's, 
that's uh, honestly that's the beginning of a great yeah, novel it's good i loved that this episode of dear hank and john is brought to you by zocdoc look there are, I think it's fair to say, some imperfections in the American healthcare system, but there are ways that it actually has recently gotten easier. I don't compromise on a lot of things, but I do not love feeling like I can't find the right doctor for me. And I've gotten very lucky that I have found some good doctors for me. When it comes to your health, there shouldn't be compromise. Don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines slash their family group chat slash their crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or they happen to take your insurance. Instead, like you don't have to keep going back to a doctor who you don't like. You can check out ZocDoc, a place where you can find and book doctors who make you feel comfortable, who listen to you, who prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance type. So literally, no compromises. Because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you think. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more phone calls and waiting on hold with a receptionist. We don't have time for this anymore. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. Booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed, credible doctors and specialists. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even sometimes score same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then you can book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash DearHank. ZocDoc.com slash DearHank. Every time I know it's coming and I'm like, I'm going to have to say ZocDoc.com right now, aren't I? And then I do. I'm getting good at it, everybody. ZocDoc.com. This episode of Dear Hang John is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is there to help you maintain the kinds of habits that you want to have. For me, I need to have the right kind of food in the house or I will eat whatever. Oreo recently sent me some free fancy Oreos. They were weird. I ate all of them. I ate all of them in a week and it was a problem. I can't do that. I need to have healthy, good stuff in the house and Thrive Market can help you have healthy habits. It's a great go-to for all your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online and then like just quickly shipped to the doorstep, it's a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with great ingredients and sourcing methods. They got Amy's, Banza, Burt's Bees, Trobani, Honest Kids, Kind, Mike's Hot Honey, Oatly, Olipop, Poppy, Salt. I've never heard of salt, but it's got two A's in it, so it has to be good. And as a Thrive Market member, you can save money on every single grocery order. On average, you can save over 30% every time. And they also have a deals page that changes every day. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a $60 free gift. I enjoyed my $60 free gift. I was surprised by it, and it was the kind of thing I wouldn't have bought. And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee. And I was like, I don't know what ghee is. But then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different and more spreadable. <laughs> Go to thrivemarket.com slash dearhank for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dearhank, thrivemarket.com slash dearhank. John, I have a question that I need to ask. That's very great. Very weird. And I don't know the answer. Okay. Uh, It's from Felicia. It's just such a good question. Dear Hank and John, imagine you are standing on a scale 
and next to you, there's a bucket of water on a different scale. Mm -hmm. What would happen if you put your hand into the water? How would the weight on the different scales change? Is your hand now part of the weight in the water? So it's no longer part of your weight? Help, I can't stop thinking about this. Best wishes, Felicia. Wow. I can't really help, but someone out there must be able to. This is exactly the kind of BS physics word problem that would break my <laughs> mind and make me give up on a, an entire course of study. But I love it if I, as long as I don't have to actually solve it. Wow. Because I think, I think, I think if you put your hand in the bucket, the bucket gets heavier it has and to. you get lighter. I think so, right? But I think so. Do but maybe not. Do you get lighter? Because do you? Your hand. But is, you can't have the bucket get heavier and you stay the same weight. And you also can't, because like my inclination, which would really break the laws of physics, would be that both the bucket and and you get heavier. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. But that definitely, definitely that, not that. Uh, even <laughs> e- even those of us who got D's in physics knows it can't be that. <laughs> can't be that. Hmm. Do, and they can't both can't get. Do they stay the same? It feels like my, like my gut says, oh, you, it just stays the same. But my my brain says, no, something changed. Because there's now there's more water in the bucket because your hand is full of water. Yeah. I, but, I'm, but I'm holding up my hand with my arm. It's, it's going to drive me crazy. I need to see in our inbox next week a lot of pictures of people with their hands in buckets standing on scales. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to minimum five. I'm trying to think about it. Like it, ah, I, I, I feel like it, I feel like it has to increase the weight of the bucket. Yeah. But I just can't get my head around how it decreases the weight. Cause your hand is floating now. Oh yeah. But is your hand floating? Because it doesn't really float because your hand doesn't really float in water. But its its weight is being supported in okay, the same way. Okay, all right. That, so like, sometimes when I'm trying to figure this stuff out, Hank, what I do is I imagine uh-huh. a much larger situation. Okay. So like, imagine a building. Uh huh. That has an arm. And the building's <laughs> arm has a hand, and that hand is in a gigantic bucket of water. <laughs> I think this is great, John. This is a great job in your question. If, I, if you responded I I to me, I, if I was, this is God, <laughs> I, I really miss my calling as a physicist. <laughs> I think if, if this was a job interview and I, I threw you this question and you gave me that response, I'd be like, hired. That's the kind of thinking we need. Giant building with an arm and on that arm, a hand. And in that, and, the, and that hand in a bucket. Now How it does all makes sense, thing? doesn't it? That's now it's now you, now you see the difference. <laughs> yeah i'm i'm like so here here's here's where i went if i if you just take a bucket and you put a lemon in it then that bucket weighs more right the lemon if it was just sitting on its scale it would weigh a certain amount you put that lemon in that bucket it it, it, it yes. increases the mass yes. of the situation yeah so now you have a lemon man <laughs> and he's got a lemon arm with a lemon hand. <laughs> we have the same problem though. As long as the lemon is his lemon hand is connected to his lemon arm, I'm not it's only because I'm not sure. it's only because the yeah. lemon is is cut off from his lemon body that the lemon But is it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's also really, really good. 
example of lateral thinking <laughs> to be like, okay, forget about this. What if the person was just made out of lemons? That changes everything. <laughs> Okay, no, actually, actually, the lemon person is helping me. The lemon person is helping me. (laughs) I I think that the I think the weight of the bucket increases Mm -hmm. by one lemon. And I think the Uh weight of the lemon person has to decrease by by one lemon. lemon. (laughs) Right. Right. John, the worst part of all of this is that we had a chance. We had a chance to have a mascot for Dear Hank and John, and it's the Red Deacons and not the Lemon Men. Oh, God. (laughs) I can really picture this lemon person, too. Yeah, yeah, mine too. Mine too. It's really good. It's and it would be hard to be a person made out of lemons, you know? You would get so many is this, people. In your mind, is the lemon is the his lemon head? Is it upright or is it sideways? Oh, I oh he has many lemons inside of his head. In my oh, mind. he's got a lot of lemons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my mind, in my lemons? mind, he's just a person who's made oh. out of regular sized lemons. I'm not imagining like extra but he's, large. He's a full sized lemon man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought exactly. he was. I, he was made out of lemons, regular sized lemons. But in my head, he was small man. Oh no! I was picturing a regular sized person made out of lemons. <laughs> not like a tiny, not like a tiny lemon person. I'm talking about like you could you could meet and and right. you would be able to shake hands and look each other in the eyes, except for the, <laughs> the obvious reasons. Um, the main thing it makes me think about, though, is that like the hardest the hardest thing about being a lemon person, I would imagine, is the number of times per day. Somebody makes uh, when life gives you lemons joke. That would be unbearable. You know, like you'd have to like kind of carry around a card that says like, yes, I know I have to make lemonade out of this situation. Thank you so much for your feedback. And then on the back, it just says, do not squeeze. (laughs) Do not squeeze the lemon man. The lemon man. Three things you need to know about me. Yes, I've heard the lemonade joke. Do not squeeze me. And last and most importantly, when I put my lemon hand in a bucket of water. <laughs> Something happens. Something happens. And I don't the, know what. The water, Just like you the water gets know heavier what and the lemon man gets lighter. That's what happens. Those are the three things you need to know about what it's like to be me. me. This little lemon piece is is now floating, and so a little bit of my weight is being supported. I don't know. Somebody get a bucket. Oh my god! All right. Oh, all right. Yeah, was yeah. Good party. That was fun. Um, Yeah, John. Do you have any news from AFC Wimbledon for me? Do I have any news from AFC Wimbledon, Hank? Do I have any news? Yes. Oh my god, Hank. What's happening? Is it good? I have fallen so, so deeply in love. When Sarah and I were uh, engaged, we... We had to attend this thing called the Catholic Engaged Encounter. I'm sure I've told you about it what before. The f- what is? Yes, you have. I just loaded up the League One table. I'm sorry. What? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, let me, let me. Hey, Hank, I got a preamble before we get to the League okay. One table. Okay. And when when we were in this Catholic Engaged Encounter, one of the things that they told us that that really stuck with us is that like relationships uh, are cyclical and go through periods of romance, disillusionment, and content. 
And when you mm-hmm. start to see things that way, it can become very helpful. Uh, because like if you're in a period of discontent, like it means that you probably need to do some work, but it also it isn't like fatal. It isn't like the end of everything, right? Like you can understand it as like part right. of a cycle. And so mm-hmm. understanding that I think is critical, not just in relationships, but also in loving a football club. And for the last right. five seasons, as AFC Wimbledon has struggled season after season, narrowly escaping relegation in ever more miraculous and impossible ways. There have definitely been periods where I have been a little disillusioned. We do not, we were not always playing beautiful football. I would often feel like the players didn't have a deep connection with the club. Sometimes even like uh, the managers didn't have like a deep understanding of how special this club is to be owned by its fans you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and to me, it's the greatest story in sports. And sometimes I would feel like the, you know, there's just the discon- disconnect there. And I would experience periods of disillusionment. Now, of course, I understood that I still loved and always would love Wimbledon. But Hank, I never dared to dream that I would fall in love with a team this deeply again, that I would experience this profound, intense period of romance once more. But Hank, as I was watching us play the Shrimps of Morecambe this weekend, and no, that is not a made-up name, and we were down we were down 3-2, and there was like 20 minutes left in the game, I found myself thinking, I think that we are going to win this game. And <laughs> we did. Will Nightingale, wow. who's played for AFC Wimbledon since he was 11, scored uh, a goal, his third goal of the season, despite being a central defender. And then with essentially (laughs) the last kick of the game, my hero, my number one, Ayuba Saul, also a product of Wimbledon's Youth Academy, scored and we won the game four to three. Mark Robinson, Hank, the, the manager of AFC Wimbledon right now, Mark Robinson never coached a game of professional football until he was 53 years old. This is a guy who waited and waited and waited for his opportunity, and he is taking it. He is leading this group of young players, most of whom are from the academy. Like, they are kids who have played for Wimbledon since they were children. They were ball boys for Mm -hmm. years and years and years, and now they are playing for the professional team. And he is, what, what he is, what they are accomplishing together is, it's incredible, It's borderline miraculous. AFC Wimbledon, seven games in to the League One season, are in fourth place. That's very weird. And also, a lot of the teams that you're beating are good. A lot of the teams that we're beating are good. And we are winning these games again and again and again by coming from behind. By like against against Bolton, we were 3-1 down. We came back to tie the game at 3-3. Bolton is third in the league. I know. Against Ipswich Town, we were down and came came back to to uh, to tie it. It's this is it's just Ipswich Town is is third to last in the league. I know. Well, it's 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 a weird season, (laughs) but it's just it's just it's incredible what's happening right now. I know, of course, it probably can't last, but it's not just it's not just the fact that we you know, have 12 points after seven games. And like, forget about the fact that we're in fourth place and currently in a playoff spot. We are also, more importantly for me, 
eight points off the relegation zone. <laughs> so like, yeah, that's a- <laughs> that's a good head start. And yeah. and it's not, but it's not just the results. It's also the way we're playing. There is so much passion. It is such a joy to watch. Like Ayuba Saul loves to play football. These guys love playing with each other. They love playing for Mark Robinson. And and you can feel that in every second of the game. It doesn't matter if we're winning or if we're losing. It is just an absolute joy to watch. I have never felt this way in all of my years following Wimbledon. It is it is incredible. It is special. What they are what they are accomplishing together is really really wonderful. Long may it continue. I just I I am I am overwhelmed. I'm in awe and on September 22nd we take on Arsenal in the uh knockout Eng- uh EFL Cup and of course we're going to lose that game. But maybe not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe what Who knows? I, who knows? Maybe we won't lose that game. You you tied Bolton. Uh yeah. So, uh, who knows? This is this is special knows? though. This is this is something else. I am having the time of my life and I just all and I think Plow Lane is a big part of it. I think like having 9,000 fans in a sold out stadium week after week that you can play for in a beautiful new n- new stadium. I think that matters and it's it's just very special what Mark Robinson has accomplished. And it's a reminder to all of us, you know, that, you know, you think if you haven't achieved a dream by a certain age that it's over. But Mark Robinson was coaching a kid's team, you know, nine months mm-hmm. ago. And mm-hmm. now he is one of the most promising coaches in professional football. Wild. Very exciting. Very weird. Very Let's exciting. continue to go on this roller coaster, John. I'm sure it only goes up. Um, uh, I mean, I just, I just need us to. I just, want, as I said earlier in the season, Hank, I just want to play a few games where we're not at risk of relegation. That's it. That's my goal for this season. Finish 16th. John, uh, I get, you always start your news with like personal epic. So I have a child, and my child, one of his favorite things to do is to pick up rocks. And you know who else loves to pick up rocks? It's the Perseverance Rover who has successfully collected some rocks. Is that good? Did That's good. That's very good. I liked that. Okay, thanks. Um, so we talked a little bit about how it tried to pick up a sample before, but the rock just crumbled into little bits. I remember. And get it into the tube. But it uh, has successfully gone to a sturdier rock and it has collected uh, and stored samples two times. Yes, there's some rocks in those tubes. There's rocks in those tubes. So the rocks um, that, uh, so that they've they've been able to assess a little bit, they suggest that it's made of basalt and it might have been part of an ancient lava flow. This is great news because volcanic rocks are very good at preserving their age, Mm. which means that scientists will probably be able to date it when they are able to look more closely at the rock, which theoretically could be returned by a sample and collect mission. Uh, The rock also has salts in it, which likely come from the rock interacting with water. And the presence of those salts means that there could have been groundwater going through the subsurface of the planet and creating little pockets of habitable environments inside of that rock. Whether or not the rocks actually contain signs of life, that's going to take us a long time to find out. But for now, Perseverance is going to collect some more rocks and package them in sealed titanium tubes for that future mission to, to take back home to Earth. But the fact that we can now dig and store samples is very cool, very big, very exciting, especially given that we weren't, did, did not succeed the first time that we tried. Yeah, that's really exciting. And so they're able, even without 
I mean, obviously we could do more science on them if they were here, but they're able to figure out a lot about them just from observing them, observing the way they break up and so on. Well, they've also got like, uh, they've got, they've got tools that they can shine at it. They've got their little spectrometer, spectroscopy things, spectrometers. Yeah. Things that measure spectra. (laughs) That's cool. In various ways. I mean, yeah. In some ways, isn't measuring spectra like a huge percentage of how we figure out what everything is made of, including the universe? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, it's it's basically the only tool we have when it comes to things that are far away. Yeah, that's really awesome. Well, congratulations to NASA on getting getting figuring out some stuff about those rocks. Woo woo! Yeah. Another thing about AFC Wimbledon before we go, I told you I'm in a period <laughs> of romance, Hank. So like, it's all I can think about and talk about. Um. Sarah and the kids are real tired of hearing me talk about Mark Robinson and Ayuba Sol. I think mean, we just like remember like our leading scorer Joe Piggott left the team, and everybody's like, "Oh God, where are the goals going to come yeah. from? Who's going to mm-hmm. score the goals?" That's... You know the answer to that question, Hank. You know how many people have scored a goal for AFC Wimbledon this season? Twelve. The goals are going to come <laughs> from everyone. Everyone All is going to score goals, and yeah. a- a- AFC Wimbledon. This is mind blowing. So just get get ready. AFC Wimbledon have scored more goals this season than any team anywhere in the top four divisions of English soccer. That's very weird. We are fun to watch. Get yourself an iFollow video pass and follow along. Three o'clock England time every Saturday. Just two hours of unadulterated (laughs) joy. As they call it, England time. <laughs> I believe, as it called, uh, yeah, isn't that what it's called? Uh, sweet, that sweet, sweet yeah. uh, England daylight time EDT. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, we're off to go record our patron-only podcast this weekend stuff, where we talk about things that are ideally making us happy. I think that John's gonna maybe. <laughs> look at the last week in his life and think uh boy yeah i can really pick out the the good parts of this uh but we will we will i've had a rough one but wimbledon won (laughs) there it is yeah there's that and uh, thank you everybody for sending your your questions in what would we do without you please anybody who can figure out anything to do with lemons and lemon men and hands and buckets and scales and water please i'm so curious this sounds like a great physics word problem that i want someone to solve this podcast is edited by Joseph Tunamedish. It's produced by Rosiana Hals-Rojas. Our communications coordinator is Julia Bloom. Our editorial assistant is Deboki Trakravarti. The music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't forget, forget to be, be awesome. awesome.